Welcome to the Go Podcast. Go aspires to engage the local church in global missions. We seek to share mission stories that encourage, edify, and equip other Christians in sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ at home and abroad. This podcast is a part of Liberty Bible Church Global Ministry. Your hosts for Go are Cami Santner, a missions partner with Liberty, and joining her is Kevin Cram, pastor of global engagement at Liberty Bible Church. Welcome back to Go. Today we're starting a brand new series on the church's ministry of short-term teams. Every year, churches in the U.S. send out over 2 million individuals on short-term missions trips of various kinds, both domestically and internationally. These intense and formative missions experiences have become one of the primary right ways that Westerners experience the mission field. Our church, Liberty Bible Church, in conjunction with our global partners, has long facilitated these types of trips. This past summer, after a long COVID pause, Liberty successfully sent out a number of teams, both uh, internationally and stateside. And in this series, we'll be looking at the phenomenon of short-term missions in general, as well as hearing testimonies from some of the specific teams sent out by Liberty this summer. So today, we're going to be talking with one of our long-term missionary partners, who will give us an introduction into the idea of short-term missions. So Cami, who is that partner we'll be speaking with today? Today, we are going to be talking to Stephen Othi. Stephen is on staff with Campus Ministry Crew, with whom he organizes and facilitates short-term mission experiences for college students and other groups. Stephen and his wife, Robin, are long-term supported missionaries of liberty. Thank you for being here today. Awesome. Thanks for having us. Uh, Would you believe we're entering our third decade in terms of partnering with you all? So thank you. Yeah, that's great. Can you share a little bit about your story and how did God call you and your wife into serving ministry with crew? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, for my wife, she was a freshman at Purdue and she responded to a dinner line survey back in the day. And that followed up with a knock on her dorm with the crew staff member. And my wife uh, was totally burned out on the freshman experience by that point. It was winter. And uh, she trusted Christ within a month of wow. meeting that staff member. And, and very quickly, she became, uh, you know, one that entered a discipling relationship, was brought into the uh, world of evangelism. Uh, and it was, it was kind of a, a all in at once for my wife. Uh, so praise the Lord for Crew Purdue. Uh, for me personally, um, I mean, would you believe the, uh, the idea of studying Bible and theology uh, in seminary, working towards my MDiv was significant, but what was even more compelling was reading a prayer letter of a, of a friend that I was supporting and praying for overseas, and that prayer letter converted me being a missionary. Mm-hmm. At some point, I, I got done with seminary uh, and moved on to the overseas mission field, and that was kind of my, my beginning. Yeah, talk about um, personally, how have short-term teams been impactful for you? I mean, what ways have they been formative in your own vision for missions and for the world at large? Yeah, so continuing with my story in terms of that process, uh, the idea of reading a prayer letter, hearing about unreached persons, hearing the gospel, responding, being discipled, that was just captivating for me. And so I actually went on a one-week trip over a spring break uh, while in seminary. And 
I fumbled and bumbled my way through the week. Um, you know, we had a, we had a couple chances to share the gospel, and I totally chickened out the first two times. <laughs> you know, this is a seminary student where you're supposed to have a couple things together, uh, but I was just captivated. I go, wow, everyone's willing to willing to hear, and when we actually shared, people responded, and so it it was kind of like, how can I not be doing this? It's almost too easy in one sense. But really, it's it's the, the 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 biblical promise of the harvest is plentiful, and that's what I was experiencing. Uh, and this with unreached persons, um, you know, for for my wife, uh, she was on a summer mission uh, in this East Asia, but in the center of the country, in a little little village of about nine million people. <laughs> and at night, at night, um, you know, there's there's even in these big cities, there's not a lot of, uh, it's not like Chicago land, right. Where it's just visible from the edge of the universe. You know what I mean? But she would look out and there would be an ocean, a sea of lights, 20 story apartment buildings, communist block after communist block. And people had their one light bulb on their living room. And she could see these over and over again, every night. And it just broke her heart for the nation. Hmm. And for her, being an engineer from Purdue, go Purdue, uh, <laughs> she, she wasn't afraid of numbers. And so the fact that there were so few Christian workers in this country compared to the number of people versus what she came from in America with, with a large number of Christian workers compared to the population, she goes, I want to be involved in changing that number. Hmm. And so really, it was, it was a math equation for us, just a math problem to be solved. Right, go engineers. Uh, <laughs> oh, she's uh, she's entering a third decade, believe it or not. Yeah, that's cool. I, it's a you can't re- replace uh, actually going and seeing and being a part of it yourself. Absolutely, yeah. Stephen, you have helped facilitate dozens of short-term trips through your role and crew. Can you share with us what makes a healthy and effective trip? What elements or factors kind of contribute? to maybe a positive experience for both the participant and the receiving host? Yeah, that's a great question as well. Um, you know, and I'm, I'm not going to be exhaustive here because there's whole books on this subject, right. but um, really a couple key things stick out to me. Number one, praying for the Holy Spirit to show up in power, both in us and in the country we're going to, into the people we're going to be ministering to. You, you just can't replace the power of the Holy Spirit. I mean, you really want to raise support, train up a team, go labor and not have the Holy Spirit there? Mm-hmm. No, people, let's pray. So there, there's just that foundation. I'll call that the base. And on top of that is where you can start to build. And so thinking about um, how well do we function as a team? Are we actually looking out for the benefit of each other? Are we seeking to empower each other? Are we seeking to bless each other versus other? Versus less than, and that's that actually shows uh, very much to the, the folks you're ministering to. And then second, I would say in in that is how well are we partnering with the local church or mission mm-hmm. there? And I'll say that again: how well are we partnering with the local church or mission there? Uh, we want to serve under them and for their benefit, right. not for our agenda. I mean, I'm going to say that again. <laughs> it seems obvious. We want to serve under them for their benefit and not our agenda. So the, the question, very pragmatically, who follows up our efforts after we're gone for that summer or that week? Mm-hmm. 
it's the local church and mission. Right. We've got to be working under them and being a blessing to them. That's foundational for having a successful week. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I, I always think that there are four parties involved in a short-term mission uh, experience. There's the, the team that's going uh, there is, like you said, the Holy Spirit. There's the there's the Trinity who's involved in that process. Um, there's the people that you're um, seeking to minister to or reach, but there's also the fourth party, and that's the receiving host. And I think feel like sometimes the the fourth party, that receiving host, is sometimes forgotten in the equation. And I've been on both sides. I've been, you know, the one participating in trip before. But as I, my wife and I, we were long term missionaries, and we've been the receiving host before. And I can tell you that I have had experiences with great teams that came, and I had experiences that were really bad, and um, where we uh, we we felt like we were cleaning up from the team for like three months afterwards. Oh, no. And so that it is, it is. You, I really love what you said about how it's about um, you know coming underneath and then serving the needs of. Uh, the receiver, um, because that is so critical. That spirit of humility and um, and ser- servanthood is really important. Um, so, kind of, I, I touched on that a little bit from my personal experience. But short-term missions kind of is, is somewhat a controversial topic in some corners of the church, um, because there are these dangers and pitfalls. What are some of those pitfalls that come with short-term teams? Yeah pitfalls there are many because <laughs> we are fallen uh we are we are not yet fully uh sanctified and standing in the presence of christ so we will continue to fail by the way right uh one successful short-term missions book has not righted all the wrongs, so we're not yet completely doing it correctly okay so there's my caveat um i'm not looking for perfection and i don't i'm not sure god the father is either uh, he's looking for for vessels that are willing to be used and molded. Uh, so, so having said that, thinking about pitfalls, um, pursuing our foreign agenda. Here's our hot buttons in my church back home, or my community, mm. or even better, my political party. Yeah. <laughs> it's an election cycle. <laughs> I really want to talk about it, but you just you can't you can't export that. That's really not not a positive experience for anyone um and you just got to realize that their news cycle is different than our news cycles they're they're not getting the same information right you can't have a great conversation uh that's productive so you got to leave your agenda back home um it's, i'm not saying you can't be a person of of substance and have voting values but you've got to leave some of that back home right and so your agenda and then i would say that the other thing would be um not getting in a codependent relationship. Mm. That's a, that's maybe a psychological counseling term, but uh, not getting in a situation where a local becomes one in relationship with you to some degree, friendship based maybe, or ministry based, but every interaction becomes every three weeks. They're contacting you over Facebook for a special financial need that they have personally or in their ministry. So you become a practically an ATM, right? And that 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 can become a codependent relationship. So you got to set up some healthy boundaries, and it's like raising high schoolers. You know, you got to give the gift of no sometimes. Really, it's a gift when I tell you no. You don't believe it now or feel it, but it will be. <laughs> right. 
So codependent relationships, you got, you got to avoid that at all costs. And then you also got to realize that, um, you know, I've, I've seen this multiple times and again, I'm, I'm 20 plus years in. Uh, and so the idea of going for a week or a summer, uh, and falling in love with a local that you barely know, uh, and then coming home and effectively marrying out of the country, you go slow down. (laughs) (laughs) That's, that's life changing for not only you, but maybe not positive for your greater family. So you, you got to take those things a lot slower than you would here in the States, maybe. Right. Um, even if you're, you're hot to trot and ready to go, it's like, slow down. <laughs> Don't marry after one summer together, after one week together. It's not helpful. That's maybe that's an overstatement, but the point is it's happened. Right. And those are not easy relationships going forward. It's funny when we, I helped lead a team to Egypt like 15 years ago. And uh, one of the women on our team got her marriage repo- proposal from oh, a local wow. on the trip. And so that was a, yeah. uh, a interesting um, thing to navigate on that experience. But yeah, there's a lot of these types of pitfalls that I think um, are inherent in, in these types of ministries. But I th- obviously we think that it's worth it. Um, and that's why we train. That's why we prepare. That's why we give people tools and equipping um, to be able to know how to um uh, minister in a cross-cultural environment and to do it in a healthy way. And um, so, yeah, and just uh, it, it, that is such a critical part of understanding what those things are when you're going into it. Yeah. So maybe put, let me, let me put it this way. When you're growing up, listen to your mother. <laughs> when that, you're on mission, listen to your pastor. <laughs> yeah. That's a, that's good advice. <laughs> so uh, thankfully you two have, kind of seen this restart in short-term missions ministries in the past few months. Now that we have emerged from the COVID pause, can you maybe share a recent story about an impactful experience that you've had with short-term teams? Yeah, for sure. Um, so within within crew, we were able to reboot maybe a year earlier than much of much of uh, the world, I would say. We just had some some partners that were very open to receiving us. And that was country specific. And so we went last summer, we went again this summer. Obviously, we did spring break stuff. Um, so we just got back uh, August 19th from Guatemala, Central America. Um, and there's a, there's a couple of key things that, that made that a really positive trip and, and maybe what we did. Um, so partnering with an organization called Filter of Hope, which mm. is bringing uh, uh, opportunity for clean drinking water to a family and the filter will last 10 years if they simply clean it once a day. Mm. So go from dirty water or buying water or boiling water with wood that you chop down to now having clean drinking water from any water source. That's what we brought. And we reached about 80 homes and along with, with clean drinking water, that's going to keep their babies uh, healthier keep their kids in school, not home on sick days. We presented the living eternal water of Christ. Mm. And so we are in about 80 plus homes. Uh, we saw 43 people trust Christ. Awesome. And, and one of the, one of the indicators of whether or not, whether or not this was a positive trip for me, the original goal um, in talking with our partners was, can we plant a church? Can we help you, the local congregation, in San Andreas, Estapa, Guatemala, we help you plant the church. 
And I think they're totally set up to do it. Mm-hmm. And so they have whole families ready to be discipled, whole families looking for a new church community now. And they have the opportunity to simply follow up those contacts. Um, and so one simple thing is uh, the pastor is going to stop by in the next several weeks in each one of those homes and say, hey, I'd like to do a filter checkup and talk with you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whether or not they trusted Christ, but they're all going to get a second visit. And so the opportunity to plant that church, uh, and that's the phase that this little local church is in. They're into church planting now. That's awesome. And then I would say second is we were asked back vehemently over and over again, please come back. This was an amazing week. Thank you. And that said, we formed no codependent relationships to my knowledge. On the uh, on the third point would be our team was saying, Wow, this is exhausting and hard work, but when are we going to do it again? This was an incredible fruit. And so all those pieces came together. And one, they listened to their pastor, in this case, mission leader, me. <laughs> and we just had an amazing week of the Holy Spirit preparing hearts and the opportunity to share Christ and see fruit. So people enter the kingdom of God and they now have the opportunity to be discipled. It was a significant week. That's awesome. Well, Stephen, thank you so much for uh, being with us today. Um, We really appreciate you giving us a little bit of introduction and some insight into that. My pleasure. Thanks for the time and thanks to those listening. Awesome. So before we wrap up our episode, we want to end uh, on a note of personal reflection like we always do. So we're going to end with a question towards each other, Cammie. So how are you going to lean into prayer this week as a result of our conversation? Well, I'm definitely going to be praying just about the fruition of short-term Trips, I know that we're getting ready to come up on one coming up shortly, but those even just like weekend trips can truly impact and change your life, not only for the church that you're going to help, but for your personal life. And you can gain some friendships out of it, but I think it's really just important to know the goal of why you're going and to be called to go. Mm. You know what? Um you know, in my role as a missions pastor, one of my jobs is, is that I come alongside and coach people that God has placed a, you know, a budding calling on their lives to serve um, in missions cross-culturally. And almost to a T, almost every single person that I've ever walked alongside in that process, every single one has, has had a formative experience on a short-term trip that has stirred them and moved them in that direction long-term. And so um, I just I just really believe that this is a critical ministry with all of its dangers, with all of the things that could possibly go wrong. That's why you need to be extra intentional with, with doing the right things like we just mentioned here. Um, I have experienced the kind of um, long-term impact that these intense short-term experiences have for the kingdom of God, not just for the impact like Stephen shared in that story locally, um, with a church planted and people coming to Christ, but for people mobilized, um, for workers to go out into the harvest field. I think that this God is using this particular ministry for, for that kind of work. And that's where I end up wanting to pray more and more into is that uh, that scripture of uh, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Send out more, Lord. Send out more people into the harvest field. So that's kind of where my mind and heart is going as a result of this time. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening. Uh, We aspire to give you real life stories and experiences to help you in your current phase of life. 
As always, you can tune in next week as we hear not only from a leader, but also a family that were able to attend Johnny and Friends. And remember to go and make your life a mission.